we are having our question and answer service, all right? So here's how this works. We do it once a year. Main Sanctuary does it too. We do it as well. Uh, it's a time where we have you guys ask questions, and we do our best to answer those questions for you. And I, I just wanted to say, um, while, while I'm actually explaining this, uh, you guys can throw out the question uh, for the text message. Uh, if you want to text in your questions that you might have about the Bible, about God, about faith, uh, about even life, you can text into this number here. Uh, and also in the back, we have cards with Micah right there. You can write down your questions um, and just hand them to him, and he will bring them up to us during the service. We have a stack already up here of questions to answer. Uh, but I just want to let you know um, that God is incredibly complex and powerful and beautiful and incredible. And we can spend our entire lives trying to learn more about him. And still there is so much more to learn. There's infinitely more to learn about him. And sometimes uh, the Bible is confusing or God is confusing to us because we are humans trying to understand the supreme being of the universe. It's like when a baby looks at an adult and they're confused and they speak in their minds because they don't actually speak yet. And they're like, why are you jabbing a sharp needle into my arm? You're a terrible person. But actually, okay, they're not a terrible person. Uh, you know, the parent loves their kid and they're giving them a flu vaccine shot so that the baby doesn't die. And they don't understand, like, why are you making me eat spinach? It is terrible, okay? But they're trying to, you know, make the baby strong and uh, mighty and they don't want to give them steak because they will chew, on, uh, chew and choke on spit. Choke on spit. Sorry, choke on steak. So... Sometimes understanding God, because he's so much more advanced, is challenging. But the Bible encourages us to seek out God and to seek to, to know him in a better way. If you get your Bible, turn to uh, 1 Corinthians, not Corinthians, uh, Chronicles, chapter 16. It's page 250, if you have the Bibles we pass out. I'm just going to read one verse. Um, I'm just going to read verse 11 here. Verse 11. 1 Corinthians 16, page 250, says this. It says, Search for the Lord and for His strength, in verse 11, and continually seek Him. Search for the Lord and for His strength and continually seek Him. So uh, today, we're going to seek God. We're going to seek to know Him in a better way. We're going to seek to answer some questions. Uh, I also wanted to encourage you, after service, um, not just this service, but every service, uh, Rachel and I are here. Um, our leaders are here. Um, I always say after service, hey, if you have any questions, I'm right up here. Um, so seek us out anytime if you have any questions about what we're sharing. Even if you don't agree with what we're sharing, totally okay. We want to talk to you guys. We want to answer these questions, but we also want to seek out God. So let's pray briefly, and then uh, Rachel is here. Clap it up for Rachel, guys. Come on, bring it up. Rachel's here, and She's going to emcee and uh, give us a couple questions. She's going to answer a couple as well. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father God, I pray that you would continue to make known to us who you are, um, what you are like, what you want us to do. And I pray that um, we would be faithful to be obedient to you, God. Um, I pray that you just give us wisdom. Might your Holy Spirit uh, just be speaking in this place uh, and, and make known to us your mysteries. And for the areas where we don't have all the answers, God, I pray that you would uh, encourage us and give us faith. So in the name of your son, Jesus, that we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, text messages up here. Questions in the back. If you want to keep writing them down, Rachel, take it away. Hello, guys. Oh, um, wait. Is it? Please. Hello. She can shout loud, but I want the mic on. Oh, there, there it is. All right, cool. Okay. Um, so the first question 
people to know Christ. So I'm not sure how to start. What should I do? All right, great question. So, um, Rish, you probably remember and still remember, I, I, I know what it's like to have friends that aren't believers, that don't believe in God. And sometimes I would share with them, like, hey, um, did you know that there's a God, the universe, that they love you, and that uh, they sent their son Jesus to die for your sins? And they look at me like, you stupid, okay? There is no God, all right? There's no, there is no um, Easter Bunny or any of these things, all right? These things aren't real. Um, and uh, you're crazy. And I would always struggle because I wanted them to know who God was. I wanted them to have a relationship with God and to, to believe in Him. And so I would struggle the same way. And so my advice to you is a couple things. Uh, first off, I like to listen to people and ask them what they believe. I'll say, hey, so what do you believe? Is, if there's no God, like, do you believe that there's no God? Do you believe that there is a God? We don't know who he is. How do you believe the world came to be? Uh, and not like in a way where like answer these questions or else. Just like be like, hey, I want to know what you believe. I'm just curious, all right? Ask them, do you believe in right and wrong? Um, ask them what they believe. And then after listening to what they believe, then be willing to say, well, can I share with you what I believe? Because people are more likely to listen to you if you're able to listen to them. If you won't listen to them and you're rude to them when they're answering what they believe, they're going to be the same way to you. So that's if you're sharing. I, I also encourage you to pray for those that are not believers um, and pray like, God, I pray that this person would come to know you in a better way. Um, and I'd also encourage you to um, be a good example to that person. Show them the love of Jesus Christ. Show them what it is to live a life that is honorable and that is good and holy and righteous. And then by your example, people will be like, man, there's something different about you. You're nice to people that are like your enemies and are rude to you. And you can say, well, hey, the Bible tells us to be kind to our enemies, and that's because God loved us. Or, or you can say, hey, you, you know, you have this um, joy, 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 joy down in your heart. Where? Down in your, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but you have this joy. Where does that joy come from? And you can say, well, hey, my joy comes from God, knowing that I'm going to heaven one day, that I'm going to be with God forever in heaven. It's amazing. So I encourage you uh, in those ways to share with your friend. And then also feel free to bring him to church, bring him to camp, uh, bring him to any of our services so they can hear about who God is. So sometimes what I would do is I'd do a sleepover on Saturday and be like, oh, you're sleeping in my house. Church is tomorrow. And I bring him to church and it was great. And so we'd have a fun time. So then I'd talk to them afterwards. So yeah, that's my advice, Rich. Um, do you think God will rescue everyone before or after the years of tribulation? Ooh, okay, cool. So question about the end times. So... Uh, the Bible actually talks about what's going to happen in the future when the world ends. All right, you may have heard some words like apocalypse that comes from the Bible, and apocalypse is going to be the end of the world happening. You might have heard of the four horsemen, four horsemen of the apocalypse, or, or different terms, rapture, all these things. Well, um, I did a sermon actually talking about the entire um, end of the world, what's going to happen that we know. A couple things I want to shoot through, Rach, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. First, people ask the question, hey, when will the world end? The answer is, we do not know. No one knows but God. If someone comes up to you and says, because the Bible says, no one knows when the world is going to end except for God. So if someone comes up to you and says, hey, dude, I did some math and equations and I looked at the stars and I like, uh, you know, found a Mayan calendar and then I spoke with Nicolas Cage and found a national treasure and it told me that the world is going to end in three days, okay? Here's what you do. Look at them and say, hey, are you God? If they say yes, run, because they're a creep, okay? But if they say no, say great. Well, the Bible says that no one but God will know the answer to when the world is going to end, so I don't believe you. <laughs> Have a great day. Uh, just, you know, dismiss them because no one knows except for God himself. There's no hidden code in the Bible or anything like that. Uh, 
for literally thousands of years, people have been like, the world's going to end at 2000 or 2012, and it never ended. So, uh, not yet at least. Um, but what we do know is this, getting back to the question, um, we know that at one point in history, it could be now, literally the next second, or it could be any time in the future, it's going to be what's called a rapture, where all the Christians on the earth will be taken by God to heaven. And then for seven years, there's going to be hardship. There's going to be famine and war. And there's going to be an apocalyptic battle where at the end of all this, God is going to draw up his army. And, he's, and then Satan's going to draw up his army. And they're going to fight in one last battle in a place called Armageddon. Uh, it's actually known where that place is in Israel, where this last battle is going to take place. Spoiler alert, I hate to ruin this for you. God's going to win. Okay, He's going to beat Satan to pieces. It's going to be awesome. And then uh, we'll have a couple different things that will happen. The millennial kingdom will happen. Uh, then we're all going to live in a new heaven. It's going to be incredible. So just to briefly say that, um, all the Christians will be taken up into heaven in a moment. We don't know when it is. And they will not have to go through that hardship. Some people will get saved during the tribulation, those hard times, but they'll have to wait on earth until everything is officially ended. So I know that's a lot. I know I've tried to fit in like a whole book of the Bible in like a couple of seconds. But we are, we're going to post after our last service today uh, a description with all of the links to sermons that have to do with certain things. And one of the topics will be the end of the world. So if you want to listen to that sermon, I break down exactly what we know about the end of the world. So, um, so we have a lot of different questions kind of related to this. The difference between Christians, Catholics, Methodists, and Baptists. Yeah. Mainly Catholics are the one that people are wanting to know. But a lot. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So these are good questions. So um, what makes somebody a Christian is this. If you believe that Jesus was God's son, that he came to earth and died for our sins, and that he rose again from the dead, and you believe that you get to heaven by asking God to forgive your sins. So that's what it is to be a Christian, to, to ask God to forgive your sins and to believe that Jesus is God's son and that he rose from the dead. Now, there's a lot of variations in uh, Christianity um, as what they believe on different issues and different things. Um, some people like to focus on um, they like to focus on worship, and so they might really be into worship as a church, and they might split off to focus on worship. And other churches might be uh, really into um, rituals and religions and everything, and that might be a focus for them. Some people might disagree on um, on whether someone is you know, can be baptized as a baby or baptized when they get older. And there's a bunch of different things that might separate a church into what we call denominations. All right, denominations. As long as a denomination or people that call themselves Christians um, believe in those two things I said, that Jesus was God's son and ask him to forgive their sins, then they are a Christian. All right? But there might be variations. Catholics, for example, put an emphasis on various things and believe certain things that we as um, as Protestants don't believe. For example, they believe Mary was perfect. Uh, we don't believe that Mary was perfect. They believe that you have to confess your sins to a priest, a actual person. Um, you can confess your sins to a person, to one another, parents, your friends, to me. That's okay. Uh, but Jesus is the one who forgives your sins. I don't forgive your sins. I don't have that power. I sin. I mess up all the time, all right? I'm a doofus. But here's the thing. God is able to forgive your sins, and you can pray directly to Jesus. So those are some things that are different between Catholics and us. 
um, and other denominations, I don't want you to be like, oh, you're a Baptist. I don't know what that is, but ew, gross. Okay, I don't want you to look at a Catholic and be like, you're evil. No, they're not, all right? As long as they believe in Jesus and all that, they are a Christian, they're a brother, a sister in Christ, but they're just different things uh, that might cause us to either go to different churches uh, or believe different things, all right? So the Bible's where we should get all of our foundation, though, on how we live. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, what is the best way to use time alone with God? Um, good question. I think that everyone should be doing time alone with God because it's really important that's how you build relation, build your relationship with God and how you know him. Um, so I think it can be somewhat different for each person. Um, there's my love of, you have to do this, otherwise it's not time alone with God. Um, so I personally really love to have like worship music on. Um, I really like to sing a couple worship songs to my time alone with him. Um, I also like to journal, and so I get to see, like, I can look back and be like, oh my gosh, look at this prayer that God answered. Okay, that's a good question. So we have an example of when this happened in the Bible. Um, King David, uh, his wife got pregnant and had a baby, and um, the baby died uh, shortly after it was born. And when the baby was sick, David wept and prayed for the baby. and was like, Lord, please save my baby, please. And in the end, the baby uh, did not survive and passed away. And David stopped crying, wiped his tears, and went about his business. And people asked him, hey, what? What are you doing? Why are you not sad anymore? And uh, David said, well, I'm going to again one day see um, my child in heaven, so why should I weep anymore? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't cry when we lose people. Obviously, there's a pain to us that we lose them, but we have this hope that we're going to see them again in heaven if they're a believer. Now, you might say, well, a, Christian, or a baby doesn't have a chance to accept Jesus and all these things. What about them? Well, because uh, a baby um, does not have the ability to comprehend God to um, speak or even to experience really life, um, they are not held accountable for their actions. And um, because of that, we believe they're going to be in heaven and go to heaven. Um, but if we're able to understand and we're able to comprehend, then we are held accountable um, as young men and young women. So you guys will be held accountable. Um, so just wanted to throw that out there. I think that's the, that's the answer that we would have. Yeah, I mean, a lot of different reasons for that. Um, there's variations um, in our genetic codes. Um, there's a lot of science you can go into that. Um, we're all from different parts of the world. Um, I would also say, too, um, uh, Noah had three different sons that we look at, and they split up and went to different areas of the world when they repopulated the earth. And um, most likely, they look different, or God just wanted diversity. God is a God of uh, diversity. God is a God... Uh, he loves uh, people. He loves um, unity, though, of those people. And it's so cool because heaven is going to be a place of, div of unity 
where all these different um, all these different cultures, all these different races, all these different people over thousands of different years, people that died thousands of years ago and people that will die in the future, are all going to be together singing and worshiping the same God, which I think is going to be so cool. And even to think that around the world right now, there are so many different countries and people speaking in different languages worshiping the same God. So I think that's pretty cool. So, yeah. You just had to read that one, Rachel, didn't you? <laughs> this is a mystery as old as time. Um, some people believe because it could fit grapes, and it would be good for storing two grapes. Um, some people believe because Catherine would love it, my wife, and she does love it. She thinks my nose is great. So take that, haters, all right, that hate on the nose. My wife thinks it's hot, so... I will say, when I um, have a runny nose, I take up a lot of tissues. It's like a, because it, it just like flows like a waterfall. Just, okay. I don't need to get specific. I should stop. All right, moving on. Um, so if you have a group of friends mm-hmm. that say bad things and do bad stuff, but they're only friends. Mm-hmm. So if you decided to only be friends with people that don't sin you will have no friends, okay? Because everyone sins, makes mistakes, including you. You can't be friends with yourself even. Uh, But I will say this. um, The people that we hang out influence us, whether we recognize it or not. The words they use can weave into our vocabulary, the way they speak, even the way that people dress. You might see somebody's shoes, and without even recognizing it, you're like, man, I like those shoes. I might start to wear those too. Or um, you might start to watch YouTubers that they watch or listen to music they listen to. It kind of happens when we're around people in proximity to them. Um, And we do need to ask ourselves, are the people that I'm around influencing me in a positive way or negative way? And am I influencing them in a positive and negative way? I remember going from fifth grade to sixth grade and I watched a lot of my friends change. Um, Their jokes got more vulgar. The language got worse. The movies they were watching would be worse and it wasn't bad when I was younger because when I was younger it wasn't like something that people did we're all like you know kind of innocent and stupid in a lot of ways and uh, as we got older uh, you know we became more aware of the world and so there were some friendships that I held on to I never looked at someone and like you are evil and I'm not going to talk to you (laughs) because I'm a Christian like no that's not a Christian thing to do right that's terrible be like you say bad words I'm not going to talk to you that's terrible okay Uh, don't do that Uh, and also we're supposed to speak to people that aren't Christians and encourage them, and love them, and talk to them about Jesus. Um, But I'll just say this. um, The people that are your closest friends, try and find people that are giving you good advice, that are encouraging you towards the Lord, um, that are going to be able to give you hope in a hard time. Try and find those friends, and build on those relationships. And I encourage you in this youth group, whenever you can, to find those friendships. And I know friends are hard to find. They are. They're hard to find, And it might be hard to give up a friendship because you feel like they're hurting you or they're not treating you right or maybe they're a bad influence on you. So I know that's hard, but we do want to seek to have people a balance where we have people that pour into us and build us up, but we also minister to people that are not Christians and we are a good influence on them. So, yeah. Um, Did the year start when Jesus died or when he was born? Yeah, so uh, the year is 2018 today. If you are from the future and didn't know that, just 
you now know that you traveled back in time to the year 2018. And uh, we mark our calendars, our human history, with B.C. and A.D. If you were here on Christmas Eve, Gary talked about that. And that's when we approximate that Jesus was born. So we have that time period there. Um, and we literally think that Jesus is such a pivotal moment when he came to the world in human history that historians mark our, our time period based on his birth into the world. Jesus is the most influential person, human being, though he's also God and human, to ever exist. And what he did 2018 years ago in his life is so impactful that the world has never been the same because he is God that came to earth. So yeah, that's the answer to that. So the Bible is complete, um, and the Bible is something that is to be treasured and used. If somebody comes up and like, dude, I wrote some like cool stuff, uh, and it's basically God gave it to me, and like this little dude showed up with a beard and a staff, and he called himself Gandalf, and he told me that there's new books of the Bible, and I just wrote them. Check it out. Be like, no, bro. Okay, because the Bible says that it is completed, that you should not add to it anymore, uh, and it is finalized. It was written by a bunch of different uh, people, but ultimately it was written by God through those individuals. Um, and we have it today and enjoy it today. And just a quick side note, the Bible is written in Aramaic and it's written in Hebrew and it's written in Greek, but we translate it to English so that we can understand it. You all don't have to learn those three languages. I don't know those three languages either. I can't understand French and I took four years of it or seven years of it and I don't know anything other than wee oui, wee oui, and give me the cheese in French. So that's it. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. It, is grief a sin? Um, mm. Is it like loss, talking about loss, um, mm -hmm. and like is anger and sadness a sin? Um, actually, no. Grief is not a sin. It's a healthy grief. Mm -hmm. When someone, when you grieve somebody, it's actually a healthy process to do that when you grieve with them, and it's very okay. Um, so, too, the Bible talks about when Jesus had righteous anger. Um, mm -hmm. So, it's when you act out of anger, that, that becomes a sin. Um, mm -hmm. When you have like a righteous anger and when you're sad about, we weren't created to experience death. God created us to I don't have anything to add. I mean, emotions are normal. People have emotions. God has emotions. It's more like if you are getting angry and punching walls and people, stop. Okay, that's not, that is a sin. But just to be angry because something bad happened to you, it's like, that's normal. But we need to be in control of our emotions and not let them control us. So. Where did Cain get his wife? Is there anyone to him to marry? Yeah, good question. So God created Adam and Eve first to humans, um, and then they began to populate the world. Um, we don't know exactly where he got his wife. However, we believe that when Adam and Eve started having children, um, at the beginning, because there were only two people, that they did have to intermarry among themselves. So it could be that. It could also be that God did create other people after Adam and Eve. We have no evidence of that, no belief of that. Some people believe it. But we don't have any evidence of that. Um, and so, yeah, that would be the answer. Um, and God later did say, hey, uh, don't marry your brother and sister. Ew. Uh, but in the beginning, that's all they had. And so they did probably have to populate the world in that way. So. Um, what do you say to people that tell you the Bible can't possibly apply to them because we've changed over thousands of years? Oh, that's a good question. So people are people. 
people have always been people since they've been people. That's why we call them people. Very good. Oh, yeah, very good. Uh, you guys knew where I was going. But basically, um, people back in Jesus' day, thousands of years ago, got angry and got sad and um, wanted to, you know, have power and were sinful in different ways. And people are the same. The Bible actually says there's nothing new under the sun. So when we say, well, it's, you know, it's not relevant today because, like, you know, we have Instagram today and they didn't have Instagram in the past. So why does the Bible matter? Well, here's the deal. Um, people wanted to be popular and famous in the Old Testament and back at thousands of years ago. Pharaohs wanted to be famous, okay? But they weren't able to take selfies and create millions of followers on Instagram. They had to do their selfies on the wall in sculptures, okay? So there were selfies in the ancient day. They would just stand for it and pose, okay? Or walk like an Egyptian. So people have always had the same desires, same heart problems. We've always struggled with loss of life. We've always struggled with pain and suffering. Yes, other things do change um, in our culture, but who we are as people doesn't change. We still fear death. We still fear not being loved. We still get angry over things. So those things don't change. And the Bible speaks to our heart, which does not change, and our need for a Savior because we are all sinful. And we're still sinful, just like people in ancient times were sinful. Just a quick one. Um, how old was Jesus when he put on the cross? He was 33 years old. 33. Okay. I think it's Why is God Good question. I ask this question all the time. Uh, so you might have heard that there is one God. We always say we worship one God. There is one true God. There are not many gods. But then the Bible also talks about how God is part of a trinity, which means that God represents himself in three different ways. That does not mean there are three gods, but God in the mystery of who he is is three in one. Just like you would say, well, um, water is water in H2O, but so is ice. It's just in a different form. And so is evaporated water that's in the atmosphere. That is still water. It's just in a different form. In the same way, God the Father is one of the forms of God. He uh, exists in heaven, dwells in heaven, and he is righteous and above all things. Jesus is a form of God on earth as a physical person. If you were to talk to Jesus today, you would actually speak to him personally, face to face, and he's a person you can reach out and touch because he came to earth to show the world what God was like. Because you want to know what God is like? Okay, look at how I am. We call Jesus the Son, uh, not because God had a wife and they had a kid and it was Jesus, because if you look at a son or a daughter, you can look at their parents and see a little bit of who they are. My dad has a big nose. I ended up with a big nose. So you could guess, your dad has a big nose because I have a big nose. And I am goofy and laugh, and I, I clap when I laugh. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why, because my dad doesn't. My dad goes, ah, ha, 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 That's a terrible laugh. Anyway, he claps, and I do it because I'm like my dad in that way. And so in the same way, if you want to know what God the Father is like, look at his son Jesus, how he loved people that seemed unlovable, how he gave mercy, how he saw evil and was like, this is wrong. We need to, to stop that. If you see the way Jesus lived, you know what God is like. And then finally, the Holy Spirit is God's spirit. Um, some people are like, is it like the force in Star Wars? Eh, kind of, but the spirit is actually a person. It's not just a force in the universe like gravity. And it lives inside of believers, and it gives us power over sin, and it will help us actually to be saved once we die. It takes our soul to heaven. Um, but Jesus is also the power to be saved. So, yeah. I'm going to grab this one. Yeah. Um, so God created the universe, then Adam and Eve, and the garden for where the dinosaurs fit in. Um, mm -hmm. So God actually created 
in Genesis, you can read them. Um, so dinosaurs are considered animals, and so they were created, I believe it's on day six, when um, all the other animals were created. So they were created with hawks and lions and giraffes, all those other ones, um, and other animals. Um, we are getting, this is kind of a heavy topic, but we're getting a lot of questions about kind of astrology. Yeah, sure. Wrong and that kind of thing. Yeah, those are three more. So I gave a sermon on this as well, and I encourage you if you this means a lot to you and you have questions about this to listen to the whole sermon. Um, and we're going to post it online, like I said. Um, all our sermons are online. But um, the Bible talks about sin as being wrong, being rebellion of God. Sin is when um, a lie is when we have the truth and we um, twist the truth or manipulate it or change it away from what God wants and then it becomes a lie because it's no longer the truth. Um, you know, uh, to murder someone is to take life and to destroy that life or decay that life. God gave us love, and love is an amazing thing. Um, there's different kinds of loves. You have the love for like me, for like my wife, and you have this like love that is pure and beautiful and holy, and it's like a marriage of two people, uh, of two different sex, and God created them to fit together, to coexist, and to live together and dwell together. But in the same way he created the love of a mother and a father for their child. It's still love, but it's a different kind of love. It's unique, okay? Uh, you don't, I, I like would, you know, kiss uh, my wife, wouldn't kiss my dad. Ew, okay, gross. All right, it's a little bit different. Uh, it's a different kind of love, though, that I have for him. I'd still say, Dad, I love you. The same way with a friend. You can have a friend and be like, hey, your friend, I love you as a friend. And what happens is um, some people get... Um, they look at God's design to have friends and to also have um, a wife or a husband, and then they would take it, and it is a, um, it is still, I, I have people that are homosexual, they'll talk to me, and they'll be like, hey, I love my partner, the same person of the same sex, and I'm like, I don't doubt you, I believe you love them, I totally believe you love them, but here's the difference, you have a sexual desire for them, um, for, you have an attraction to somebody that's of the same sex, um, and that is not what God intended. That's not what God intended. And some people are like, well, that's not loving to accept them for who they are um, or to accept them um, for the way they want to live their life. And I'm like, listen, people who are not Christians, they can live however they want to live. I'm not going to stop them from cursing or stop them from uh, drinking or lying or whatever. They have the right to live however they want to live. But God has spoken as to what is sin and what is not. He said lying is a sin. He said murder is a sin. And among those sins, he also lists homosexuality, which is the same sex attraction. Now, I will say this. To be attracted to somebody that is of the same sex is not a sin. It is a temptation. You feel tempted in that way. Just like you might feel tempted to lie. Like, oh, I really want to lie so I don't get in trouble. Just because you're tempted to lie does not mean in that way um, that you've actually sinned. It's actually when you lie or do the thing. And in the same way, just because you have the same sex attraction doesn't mean you're evil doesn't mean that you're worse off than anybody else. We have this sometimes wrong mentality that like that's a worse sin than others. It's not. It's a sin, and it is wrong, but it's not worse than others. And just like I struggle with sins, somebody else might struggle with different sins than I struggle with. So if you struggle with same-sex attraction, um, you're not a like terrible person or Christian. We're all, you know, not perfect. I want to encourage you to fight against that temptation, just like you would fight against any temptation. To, to fight against that temptation. And um, yeah, that would be my answer. And again, I know there's so much more to that topic. But people ask, like, well, how do I interact with my friends that struggle with homosexuality or same-sex attraction? Um, the same as you would anybody else. They're not 
different or you're like crazy or anything. They're, they're just people. Just like you would love anybody else, you should love them. And I will say this too, I hate it. It, it is wrong and I believe God hates it when Christians in the church mock or openly make fun of or even crude jokes about people that are gay or lesbian, homosexual, or whatever. I think that is wrong. It is not right, and we should resist that and say, hey, that's not right. And some people might say, well, it's not loving to tell us that it's a sin. I believe telling the truth is loving. If a doctor says to somebody, hey, you have cancer, person's like, that's not loving. It's like, no, 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 it's, it is loving to tell you the truth and to see how can we work on this and how can we fix this. So there it is. If you don't agree with me, that's okay. We can talk afterward, but the Bible speaks several times about homosexuality being a sin. So, um, God knows everything, and God knows a lot better timing than I do. Uh, an example of timing um, could be as simple as sometimes God works out his timing for his purposes and his glory. And um, like God brought Catherine and I together to be married at the right time. I didn't know when that time was, but God did, so I trusted judgment. I don't know exactly why God brought Jesus in that exact time, exact place, but I do know that I trust God enough to understand why it was the perfect time and why it was the right time. Um, so he brought Jesus in the world exactly when he was supposed to. Um, and Jesus died exactly when he was supposed to. Um, and God works everything together for good. It doesn't mean that everything is going to turn out amazing in your life or it's easy, but it means that God can take terrible situations and out of those things draw good things. It's a good question. Um, so God gives us a choice. Love is a choice. I didn't go up to my wife and say, hey, I've kidnapped your parents and they're in a van. You will never see them again unless you marry me. I love you. Okay, that's not love, all right? That is coercion. That is forcing someone to marry you, okay? It's evil. Don't do that, okay, guys? Not a good pickup line, okay? Not a good pickup line, okay? <laughs> I've kidnapped your pet fish. I will kill it if you don't love me. That's weird, weird, okay? Now here's the deal. Um, I got down on one knee and I said to my wife, hey, I love you. Um, I want to live my life with you. Will you choose to live with me? Will you choose to spend your life with me on earth? In the same way God looks at you and I, and he says, hey, I love you. I'm not going to force you to love me. I'm going to give you a choice. If you want to not listen to me, to rebel against me, you can do that. You can sin if you want to. If you don't want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and ask forgiveness of your sins, you don't have to. I'm not going to force anyone to be in heaven with me and live with me forever and love me, but I'm going to give you a choice. So God gives us a choice, and he gave Adam and Eve a choice. Yes, he knew what they were going to choose, but he still gave them the choice nevertheless. So that would be my answer. So this is oftentimes a little bit confusing. So um, the Bible says that when we die... We're going to be judged by God. And it's actually a point in the future, but to us it'll be instantaneous when we die. We'll be there. Um, and what's going to happen is God will judge us on this criteria. Did you ask Jesus to forgive your sins? And did you believe in Jesus to be my son? Because God will list out all the right things and all the wrong things you've done. And if he looks at you, and says, hey, you've done these wrong things. You don't deserve to be in heaven. You're not perfect. Heaven is perfect, and you're not. You can't come into heaven. However, 
the Bible says that Jesus is our advocate. And on that day of judgment, if Jesus steps in and goes, hey, God, um, I'm with them. I know them. They believed in me, and I took away their sin, and their sin is forgiven, so they have no sin. When God looks at you for judgment, and he begins to put the gavel down, if you will, he will look at you as if you are perfect. And you will be welcomed into heaven because of what Jesus did and because you believed in him. People, however, that died before Jesus existed, um, I like to use this analogy of a parachute. If you jump out of a plane with a parachute on, has the parachute saved you yet? No, no, yeah, it's not until you pull the cord, right? People that believed in Jesus um, before Jesus even came, they believed that God would save them from their sin. So they had faith in God that he would save them in the future, even though he hadn't yet. So it's as if they're falling out of a plane with a parachute on. And when Jesus came uh, and died for their sins, the parachute was pulled and they were saved in that moment. The Bible even says there was a waiting place for them until this time. It wasn't hell, it was just like a waiting place, but that waiting period is gone. Now, because Jesus has come, everyone will go to either heaven when they die or hell when they die for all of eternity. It's where their soul will be. Um, what happens if you have, or have you better your relationship with your It's a great question. Um, I think everybody is going to have trouble with their parents or with their siblings, um, if you have them for sure. Uh, they're people, they're not perfect, and sometimes I'm like, God, why did you give me these parents? Why did you give me these siblings? I don't understand, okay? I have the weirdest brothers in the world. They put crowns in their nose and they're adults. I don't understand. Like, God, what's going on? And um, I'll say this. The thing, way we should treat our brothers and sisters and parents is the same way we should treat everyone. Jesus simply said, love one another. Love them selflessly. Love them not because you want them to be nice to you. You just love them because they're people and they deserve to be loved. Treat them with respect. Treat them with honor. I had a friend come up to me, or a student come up to me, and they were like, hey, uh, my little uh, older sister is so mean to me, I don't understand, what can I do? And they go, hey, here's what you do. Go home, and do you bake anything? She's like, yeah, I bake brownies. I'm like, bake brownies for your sister. And she's like, what? And like, then go to her room and clean it. She's like, I, I, why, why, uh, there's like fungus in there, I don't even know, I'm gonna clean her room, it's her response. I'm like, listen, just be kind to her for no reason at all. Just love her. She came back and she goes, well, the brownies weren't good. They were okay. But she ate them and was like, why are you making me brownies? Did you poison these? What have you done? And I'm like, no, I didn't poison them. And I was just nice to her. And, um, and after a while, she said her relationship got better with her sister just because she was kind to her. Just because she was nice. I think it's the same with those people. And by the way, those people are not perfect. Your sisters and brothers and parents, they're not going to be perfect. They're going to be rude to you. They're not going to always be there. They're going to let you down at times, but we should still love them regardless. We have a lot of questions about heaven, um, specifically yeah. what will we look like? Will animals be there? Is purgatory? Yeah, what are some main questions about heaven? Again, we're going to post a sermon about heaven that we taught a while back where I walk through what heaven's like, I walk through what hell is like, and explain those things. Just brief overview. Um, heaven is perfection. There is no pain. There are no tears. There is no um, death in heaven is eternal. There is no hunger or thirst or cancer or mosquitoes, any of these things. And in heaven, you get to speak to God face to face. The questions that you're asking me now, you get to ask God. He is a lot better at answering these things because he was there in the beginning of the world. And so God is there. And we 
some people think, well, are we going to have like baby wings and be baby angels with harps and sing? Well, hey, a lot of people, a lot of time. No, all right? It's not going to be like that. We're not angels in heaven. We don't have wings. Um, there's a whole bunch I could go into. Uh, in heaven, we're going to have glorified bodies, new bodies that don't decay or get old. I personally believe they're going to be like Jesus's when he had a glorified body. So I believe we'll be able to fly, teleport like Jesus did when he came to earth, and look and we'll be able to recognize one another. Your friends and family that believed in God will be in heaven. You'll be able to recognize them and see them and talk to them. You can also go up to Moses and Ruth and be like, yo, what up? Read about you in the Bible. There was a VeggieTale character on you. And you can talk to them, all right? And, and it's going to be wonderful. Um, and so that's a little bit of what heaven's going to be like. Perfection. Um, and heaven is all, or, or, sorry, hell is everything that's opposite. We're separated from God. Um, there's pain and suffering and darkness and no hope. So it's very different. So, I could go into it a lot. If you have specific questions, I'd love to answer them afterwards. So. Yeah, sure. I, we can do that. Yeah. Um, how do you know if you are a Christian? Great question. Um, I get this every year that we do Q&A, and I understand it because I remember coming to church when I was in middle school, even younger, and in high school, and I struggled with this question. How do I know that I'm going to heaven? How do I know that I'm a Christian? And I had this belief that um, if I do too many sins then I'm no longer going to heaven. Like, I was going to heaven, but I sinned too much, and now I'm not going to heaven. So if I'm good enough, I get into heaven. Or I have this belief that I had to have enough faith. I think there's, like, a bunch of, like, silly stories where it's like, if you believe in a fairy, they're real. <laughs> no, okay, that's ridiculous. Or, like, if you clap enough times, the fairy's real. I, I believe that if I believed hard enough in God, then I would go to heaven. But if I didn't have enough belief, and if I doubted, then I wouldn't go to heaven. These things are not true, all right? You go to heaven for two reasons. You go to heaven, well, I should say the main reason you go to heaven is because of the work of Jesus, but, but what is your responsibility is this, and my responsibility. We must believe in Jesus, that he was God's son, that he came down to earth, that he died for you and for me, and he took our sins on his shoulders and bared that weight. And we also believe that he rose from the dead. So that's the first part, believing in Jesus, that he came to earth, died for our sins, and he rose again. And secondly, we must ask God to forgive our sins. Ask God, say, God, I know I'm not perfect. I know I mess up and I make mistakes. Please forgive me and save me. If you do those two things, the Bible says you are now a Christian and you are now saved. And it doesn't matter if there are times where you have doubt or confusion, but you're holding on to that little bit of faith. Like, I still believe a little bit, but I'm just struggling to believe God help me. God will help give you faith when you doubt and encourage you. There have been times in my life where I felt like I had a lot of faith in God. There were times in my life where I, I, I doubted and I had a little bit of faith in God. But my faith still held on. And it doesn't matter if you believe that the parachute is going to save you a lot or a little. The parachute is still going to save you when you jump out of the plane. And the same is with your salvation. And also, God is big enough to forgive your sin, however much sin you commit, whether it's in the future or the past. Now, I will say this. The Bible does say, evidence of your salvation is that you feel convicted of your sin when you sin and mess up, because we still will when we're Christians. We realize, man, I, I shouldn't have done that. I wish I hadn't. I, I want to turn away from my sin. This is bad. So when you feel that, actually, it's God showing you, directing you in the right direction, in the right path. He's pushing you back towards himself. Because I had a friend who came to me, and they're like, dude, I don't know if I'm saved. I keep making the same mistake in the sin, and I feel guilty for it, and I, I feel wrong. I don't know if I'm saved. And I said, you talking to me about this is evidence that you are saved. If you were just sinning and not caring, like, yeah, I'm sinning, I'm like, whatever, but I don't care. 
that's a problem. Because if you care about God and love Him, you're going to try to stop. Again, you're not going to be perfect, but you're going to seek to stop your sin. So evidence of your salvation is that, and also evidence of your salvation is the fruit of the Spirit, meaning God's Spirit is in you, meaning you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. These things will be evident in your life. So if somebody says, yeah, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, but their life doesn't reflect it at all, then you look at that and examine that. Because they should have the fruit of the Spirit, that God's Spirit is in them, that they're living to honor God with the best of their ability, not perfectly, but trying, and that they also feel conviction of their sin and seek to live like God. Some answer. Do we? I mean, are we done? Let me see. Micah, can you go check? I think we're good. We got. We can keep going. Okay, there was a question about camp. Okay. Um, no, camp is not during school day. So, said, I know, right? Don't worry, you don't have to miss school. I'm coming here checking. Oh, they're so concerned. I tried, guys. I'm sorry. I couldn't get it during school. I tried. Couldn't work. So. Um, how do you know when God is talking to you? It's a great question. Um, I used to pray when I was in middle school or younger or whatever, and I would like hear a voice in my head. I'm like, Lord? And I'm like, wait, maybe that's me talking to myself. And the voice was like, maybe it is. And I'm like, wait, how are you talking? To and I'd be talking to myself in my head. And I'm like, wait a second. What's going on? What? Here's what happens, all right? The closer you get to God, the easier it is to hear his voice. It's just like if Mike is really far away, it's harder to hear his voice, except he yells. But still, it's harder to hear his voice. If I get close enough to him, he could just whisper in my ear, which would be creepy, but he can just whisper and I can hear him. The same is with God. The closer you get to him, the easier it is to hear his voice. And also know this, um, if you are praying like, God, what should I do in this situation? This person's being mean to me. What should I do to them? God can speak to you through the Bible. He can speak to you through like, a sermon like this. But also, um, if the voice in your head is telling you, you should totally lie or cheat on this test or punch your little brother in the face. That is not the right voice, okay? You know, people joke about the angel and the demon on the shoulder. That's, the, that's Satan talking to you, all right? That is not uh, God telling you, punch your little brother in the name of Jesus. No, all right? Not God. Not God, all right? We look at God's word, and so if you're wondering, is this God, is it not? Look at the Bible and see what the Bible tells us, because the Bible is God's word. Um, so pray to God and ask God, God, is this you? Make yourself known. All right, that is all the time we have for today, but here's what we're going to do. Um, Rachel's going to be up here, going to take a seat right here. I'll take a seat right here. Um, leaders, could you guys raise your hands? We got Jonathan, Mike in the back. If you guys have any questions for us that we didn't answer, or maybe you sent one in, you're welcome to ask us. Not just today, but any day. We're always here. Also, again, check Instagram if you have it. If not, we can give you a link in person if you need that to find sermons that will be online about these things. All right? So love you guys. You're dismissed. Uh, head on out, but we're up here if you need anything else.